0: Chapter two of Save the Girls by Mason Long The recording is in the public domain The Principal Causes of the Social Evil Fallen women owe their ruin to a variety of causes. A large number of them have a natural tendency to vice, which is born in them, being inherited from their ancestors. Such are, in thought and feeling, prostitutes from youth, and at the first opportunity become profligate. Either openly or covertly, many of them remain chaste in body owing simply to a lack of opportunity to indulge their natural propensities. But their minds are without purity, their passions and sentiments are coarse, and the sexual sin they crave is just as much theirs as though actually committed in deed as it is in thought. These women who are naturally impure become prostitutes from choice when they are not openly profligate they are often secretly so before marriage they frequently cross the line of purity after marriage they are unfaithful wives and heartless mothers they impart to society a low coarse tone they lead in setting the fashions and in fastening upon society the amusements excesses and dissipations which in turn cause so many weak women to go astray They become the heroines of sensational divorce trials and racy scandals, the details of which fill column after column of our daily papers. They pollute and contaminate the current literature of the day. These women rear children who inherit their natural propensities, and who in turn develop and disseminate the evil which is born in them. The class of women whose natural tendencies are lewd, whether they embrace open prostitution or indulge in secret liaisons or even if from lack of opportunity they do neither and are morally no better than if they did are of course the most difficult to reclaim those who are essentially and inherently bad while they cannot of course be pronounced beyond redemption are certainly very unpromising subjects because there is nothing in them to appeal to no aspirations for better things to cultivate, no leaning towards purity to encourage. But, happily, a majority of impure women are not of this class. A vast majority of them love virtue better than vice, purity better than lewdness. They have been led astray from various causes, and having taken the one false step which, according to our code of social ethics, makes a woman forever an outcast find themselves forced into the paths of sin which they tread until they fill premature and dishonored graves many there are whose ruin can be ascribed to an ardent susceptible nature which has been worked upon by designing villains whom society gives free license to prey upon the lambs within its ranks these poor creatures have been deceived and in a moment of weakness have been led astray and fallen never to rise again their betrayers having accomplished the evil they intended turn their backs upon their victims society closes its doors to them the churches practically ignore them and there is nothing left to them but shame and misery and death the unfortunates of this class those who have been betrayed ruined and abandoned who have sinned with another under a solemn promise of marriage made only to be broken who have loved not wisely but too well are deserving of all the sympathy which can be bestowed upon them they are not naturally bad on the contrary they have the qualities which go to make pure loving wives and affectionate and devoted mothers weaker perhaps than some of their more fortunate sisters more sorely tempted possibly than others exposed mayhap at a tender age when without knowledge of the world they were unable to appreciate the dreadful consequences of the step they took too trustful and confiding doubtless in men who came to them with society's endorsement lacking perchance the watchful anxious care of a true mother thrown ofttimes amid surroundings which contributed to their fall surely these unhappy creatures are worth saving and no effort should be spared by christian people to reclaim them from the lives of awful misery which they are forced to lead and in which they find no enjoyment or pleasure society which was much to blame for their first lapses from virtue is entirely responsible for their subsequent career because having once sinned society pointed the finger of scorn at them and said henceforward and forever you are outcasts no honourable employment is open to you you will be shunned and despised by all You cannot come into our churches because you are tainted and would contaminate others and society for once has cruelly and remorselessly kept its word many fallen women have chosen their lives of shame because of poverty thrown upon their own efforts to fight an unequal battle with the world without any resources natural or acquired to enable them to earn their bread finding all the avenues of employment for women greatly overcrowded toiling perhaps for a beggarly pittance for wealthy christian merchants and philanthropists whose donations to public charities are princely and munificent tired discouraged and heartsick these unfortunate women have at last concluded to exchange a life of virtue with its burden of suffering and privation for an existence of vice with its accompaniments of ease and luxury how many thousands of this class have in sackcloth and ashes bitterly lamented the desperate choice they made how many thousands would gladly exchange their lives of shame for any honorable employment however humble which would afford them the means of existing decently and honestly surely society is to a great extent responsible for their ruin also because their poverty was one consequence of the false system of education and early training which society has adopted because society justifies the employer in compelling women to toil like slaves for starvation wages and finally because society makes no effort to provide them with that honourable employment which would have saved them from lives of shame and wretchedness surely these unhappy creatures are worth saving there are thousands of frail women who have been led to embrace their dreadful calling to satisfy a love of dress and display which is a natural failing of the sex society has fostered and encouraged a passion for extravagance in attire which they have not had the means to gratify and which has led them By easy stages and almost unconsciously to themselves over the dreadful abyss into a gulf from which it seems impossible for them to return. A vast army of the wives and daughters of respectable mechanics, laborers, farmers, clerks, and others of moderate incomes have been led by the fondness for dress which society has encouraged to sacrifice themselves and blast forever their happiness both in this world and in the world to come most of these weak erring creatures may be and possibly are beyond redemption but something can at least be done to save others from following in their fatal footsteps by discouraging the excessive love of dress which is the bane and curse of american women by inculcating principles of independence and honesty which will lead men and women to live within their means and to refrain from vain attempts to rival or eclipse those who have the money to warrant expenditures which would prove ruinous to those of more moderate purses, it will be seen that, in my opinion, and it is also the opinion of many who have given the subject the closest investigation and the most careful thought a very large majority of our fallen women are such not from choice not from inherent badness not from a predisposition to evil but because they have been made such by poverty by mistaken pride or by undue confidence in wicked men i am not apologizing for them nor striving for a moment to extenuate their failings or gloss over their sins but i think the truth cannot be too often stated that these wretched women have immortal souls to save that with all their faults their crimes if you will they are still our sisters they are still human beings that society which is in most cases responsible for their ruin owes to them every effort to reclaim them and that the church which is ever ready to extend the right hand of fellowship to the vilest man who expresses his repentance should not fail to labor for the salvation of the women who have gone astray but there is a still greater work for society and the church than the reclamation of these erring creatures it is a frightful thought that the great army of impure women receives thousands of recruits every year its ranks are kept constantly full to repletion every year many thousands of sin-stained broken-hearted women go down to fill the dishonored graves of courtesans and every year thousands of young girls step forward and take their places in the grand cavalcade of shame despair and disease which is pressing forward to a terrible death and a still more terrible eternity it is to save these young women from the awful fate which seems to await them that society should lift its hand and that the press should herald its warnings that the pulpit should raise its voice and that the church should exert its energies there goes a young girl full of life and health and innocence possessed of all that is needed to make her a happy wife and mother the pure devoted queen of some good man's heart the center of some cheerful domestic circle the mother of lovely children but the libertine cold-blooded heartless and fiendish is on her trail her virgin charms have awakened his diabolical desires and he has picked her out for his prey society gives him the opportunities he craves and he improves them to the utmost young ardent susceptible ignorant of the ways of the world innocent of all evil intent knowing nothing of the depth of man's perfidy and wickedness this beautiful young creature is pressing forward unconsciously to her ruin she meets her tempter at the ball the theatre the rout her virgin form is ofttimes enclosed in his passionate embrace in the giddy revolutions of the dance while he breathes into her willing ears his story of love and devotion told to others so often before she rides and drives with him she spends evenings alone with him at her father's house she is already in the toils is there no one to save her from the fate which impends is there no friendly hand to be extended to snatch her from the abyss to which she is hastening no kindly voice to tell her that this man this pet of society is a seducer and a libertine who would forever blast her life as he has already blasted the lives of others who have threaded the same dreadful path she is just about to enter alas no the man who is pursuing her with the relentlessness with which a hunter follows his prey comes to her with society's endorsement she has met him in the parlors of the wealthy and at the tables of the refined he is a society favorite he has education wealth position he is handsome in face elegant in dress attractive in figure society knows the evil he has done society knows the families he has desolated the homes he has invaded the lives he has ruined the hearts he has broken but society closes its eyes and pronounces him a splendid fellow a little gay perhaps a trifle fast but to tell the truth only more fascinating because of all that he dances divinely he is witty and brilliant and fashionable mothers proudly introduce him to their daughters while dignified fathers extend to him the freedom of their homes and now he has made another victim and the charming young girl of whom he has been in pursuit has succumbed to his wiles he will betray and desert her as he has betrayed and deserted others by and by her sin will become known society will affix upon her brow the brand of shame never to be erased society will drive her forth to be an outcast upon the face of the earth father and mother will close the doors of their home against her and another recruit will be added to the vast army of the fallen sisterhood and she is only one of the many many thousands who join this same army of shame and death every year to fill the places of thousands of others who have just plunged into the dread hereafter with all the burden of sin and misery upon their lost souls the gay fellow who worked this ruin is a gay fellow still he is as popular in society as ever and he already has his eye fixed upon another victim upon whom with the opportunities which society so kindly affords him he expects soon to fasten his lecherous grasp the unhappy victim of his lust is shunned by the world as if her very presence were contamination but he is honored petted and feasted by those who tramp her down in the mire well has a gifted indiana writer dr j a hauser said not one good word can be said of the seducer there is not an excuse that human benevolence can offer for him the housebreaker the highwayman the midnight assassin are each and all far better than he the vampire of society the personification of villainy the embodiment of lust and pollution a moving walking breathing lie with a soul blacker than the smutted walls of the infernal regions his thoughts by day should be thoughts of woe his dreams by night dreams of despair The wrongs he has inflicted on others should rise up out of the graves of his victims and haunt his every step and continually whisper in his ears death and judgment at night they should gather about his couch and with the wail of a lost soul wave the torch of hell around his bed until his affrighted spirit would cry aloud for mercy to be forgiven and then for death rev henry ward beecher in his lectures to young men calls them to view this picture look out upon that fallen creature whose gay sally through the street calls out the significant laugh of bad men the pity of good men and the horror of the pure was not her cradle as pure as ever a loved infant pressed as young womanhood advanced and her foreshadowed graces ripened to the bud and burst into bloom health glowed in her cheek love looked from her eye and purity was an atmosphere around her nor does the rosy sunset blush deeper than her cheek at the first thought of evil o prince of torment if thou hast transforming power give some relief to this once innocent child whom another hath corrupted let thy deepest damnation seize him who brought her hither let his coronation be upon the very mount of torment and the rain of fiery hail be his salutation he shall be crowned with thorns poisoned and anguish bearing and every woe beat upon him and every wave of hell roll over the first risings of baffled hope thy guilty thoughts and guilty deeds shall flit after thee with bows which never break and quivers for ever emptying but never exhausted if satan hath one dart more poisoned than another if god hath one bolt more transfixing and blasting than another if there be one hideous spirit more unrelenting than others they shall be thine most execrable wretch who led her to forsake the guide of her youth and to abandon the covenant of her god if society did its duty the seducer would find his occupation gone and there would be so many fewer recruits for the great army of shame so many fewer victims for the annual sacrifice of the fallen if society did its duty it would place a brand upon this man instead of upon his prey it would drive him from its ranks a disgraced dishonored man at whom every decent man and woman would point the finger of scorn if society did its duty our best citizens and their families would not open their doors to an impure man any more than they do to an impure woman if society did its duty it would make the standard of virtue just as high for men as for women and the penalty of sexual vice just as severe for the former as for the latter if society did its duty in these respects alone not to speak of others in which it now fails the number of women who yearly cross the threshold of virtue would be reduced at least one-half how much of shame and misery and suffering and disgrace would be saved to the world how many broken hearts would be prevented how many murders and suicides would be averted how strong a check would be given to the great carnival of vice and crime which is constantly being held from year to year in all the large cities of the land how many immortal souls now doomed to eternal death would be saved for a blessed immortality surely there is a terrible responsibility resting upon society in this matter and as society is composed of individuals it is a responsibility which each individual must share to the extent of his influence and power in society it behooves therefore every man and every woman who feels a desire to benefit and elevate the race to frown upon and shun the licentious men whose occupation would be gone were society to ostracize them it behooves us also to discourage such social amusements as are calculated to lead young women astray the most important of which in my humble opinion is dancing so long as the dance is recognized and maintained as a social feature there will be no lack of recruits for the ranks of prostitution by the dance i do not mean alone the public ball which is in itself a prolific cause of ruined womanhood but also the private hop the club soiree the fashionable reception of all the devices for exciting the most powerful and at the same time the most dangerous passions of our race, I regard the dance as the most artful, subtle, and effective. In other chapters, I shall speak at length freely and boldly concerning the evils of dancing and the terrible consequences to which it leads. End of chapter two.